Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mockney. I'm K-Drama Jen. I'm K-Muse. And I'm Drama Geek. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode released exclusively for our patrons. Our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server where we chat daily on the dramas we're watching, participate in group watches, and support each other in our drama addiction. You can find the link in our show notes. All right. It is 2024, which is a little bit crazy. I feel like we just discussed switching into 2023, and yet here we are. And of course, that means that our first episode of the year is always our end of year review for the previous year. So that's going to be what we're discussing today. Um, There were so many good dramas, especially in the second half of 2023. I think this has been one of my favorite drama watching years since like 2012. I just had so many great dramas experiences. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we can't discuss everything and and we've discussed a lot yeah. on the podcast through the year, like our when we've done individual episodes. So we're going to kind of do just some questions, have some a category, have a few dramas that we think fit that category, discuss them, go forward. Uh, if we don't discuss a drama that totally worked for you, it's not because we probably didn't like it. It's just we watch so many dramas. And so everything can't be discussed. Uh, So if you have any questions on what we thought about an individual drama, be sure to come find us on either Facebook or we're active on Twitter and or in, you know, the show notes of the the podcast itself. Feel free to come ask us what we thought about this or just throw your recommendations into the universe through our social media pages like we'd love to chat about it with you but unless we want to do like a five-part end of year review we have (laughs) to like make some hard choices so that's kind of what we're doing so the categories will help us make some of those choices and we're going to begin with the drama with the best action sequences we had a lot of really great options this year for this um so we had song of the bandits Moving, Vigilante, Bloodhounds, and Tale of the Nine Tailed, 1938. And so as we consider um, some of these amazing dramas, it's really hard to even pinpoint which one. But um, for me, I think um, Song of the Bandits is probably the one that I would choose as having the best action sequences. There were just some really original um, kind of moves and we had a really bad donkey um, female character who was just so incredible in this. So um, I would choose Song of the Bandits. So I've watched two out of those five. (laughs) (laughs) Just how it goes. Like like Kim, you said, hard choices. And I will actually take Tale of the Nine-Tailed 1938. I have rewatched... There's an action sequence at the end with Kim Bum when he's fighting off the Japanese yokai, the Japanese demons, and he's coming into his own identity. And like Mm. the whole drama, there's been some great Mm. mythological battles between our gumios and the various 
creatures they run into, the, especially the disguised ones who have to transfer out of, yeah, they have all their powers and stuff. And so it's been interesting for them to watch them kind of shift their attack depending on who they're dealing with because they don't know who they're dealing with because they always present it as human at first. But Kim Bum, in the very, I think it's the very last episode, he's up against these Japanese demons. He knows who they are. He knows their powers. And he's felt kind of overwhelmed the whole time. But he finally is owning his identity as a Gumio. And that part where he just, like, he lights up and his eyes finally turn fox colored. And I, we won't talk about how many times I've watched that clip, but I love it. <laughs> I thought it was great. So this is the year of, like, distinct action in every one that's on the list has its own mm. style and flair. And that's what I loved about this year. Song of the Bandits, just out of this world, very, like you were saying, K-Drama Jen, that like the just very style, like specific, stylized, great, like uh, the the rifle and just all of that stuff. They did so well. I I really wanted to do an episode where we did the Song of the Bandits against Tale of the Nine Tailed because they mm. both had action sequences on trains, <laughs> and yeah, one was a magical true. action sequence on the train. But Song of the Bandits had their own, but like moving had its own, like very at times because of the the um, superpowers that they had, just brutal. Um, yeah. stuff, but, but like bloodhounds had, uh, such amazing boxing and very like, just to the point, very like love to watch them like work. Like it was really good. Like it was really fun to just watch how they were moving. So I think each one of them had their own flavor and, and, and even vigilante, uh, won't talk too much about that because I have a feeling KMUs will probably <laughs> talk more about that. But I think I'm the only other one that watched it. But again, it, it it's based on a, 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 a webtoon and it had its own like almost superpower type because there's characters that are really big and bulky and like it had its own style that was interesting to watch. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from this year is there was just such a wide variety I think it definitely was the year of the superior choreography. One thing I love, I think that most of these are from being produced on various uh, secondary production companies, whether it was Amazon or Netflix or whatever. And I think that they do get the time and the money to do that extra oomph in the choreography that maybe in the past when they're live shooting we just don't have that time to to put forth into the action so i think this has definitely been the first year where action has taken such a focus mm. and i have to agree with drama geek where everyone had a very distinct style uh i definitely want to throw out bloodhounds just because it was so unique seeing how they accommodated the fighting style to keep it very boxing focused. Yeah. And to watch the boxing style with them against multiple assailants. And so that was very interesting. I think that Song of the Bandits, I think, has the best action sequences. Just the choreography along with the directing was amazing. And the music and just the the ability of the actors themselves mm -hmm. but i think bloodhounds for me came a very close second just because some of the 
the fight sequences when it was these large groups of thugs against these two boxers. It was just so unique watching the differences between what we usually get. It kind of reminded me of where in last year we had my name where they did all of the knife fighting, um, which was very mm -hmm. unique. Yes. Yeah. I think this is definitely has a very similar vibe where you notice that it's such a different setup than we usually get. It's not your traditional fight sequence. And so I definitely want to give a shout out to bloodhounds. I really did like vigilante. Um, I would, I would say that just, yeah, there was this one character who is just bulked up for the role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, we had to double and he take. was very much just like this beast of a man where it's like, oh, okay, he is not the one that you would want to mess with because he is not unstoppable because he still is human. They do give him some weaknesses, but he is just a big, solid mass of energy you know it, it was <laughs> it was very good they had some really <laughs> great fight sequences that i appreciated and uh so it did deserve to be on there but it's not at the same caliber as some of the others so yeah song of the bandits is good i it was so funny because the mock news are like should we put island on there and i'm like let me show you Kim Nam Gil in Song of the Bandits and how they misused him in Island, which is one of the biggest tragedies of the it's year. True. Although when like, he was sure. asked by Sugar what one of his favorite roles was to play was the character from Island. I was like, what? I'm sure it you was did. fun. Well, maybe because I mean, it was he... a vacation because he didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and he yeah, had his own it. theme music, remember? Like, yeah. you, could, you know. But yeah, I'm just all like, oh, he's so good at action and he does all those stunts himself. And he was so misused other than that opening sequence in the first episode. But yeah. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts on that. All right. So our next category is most swoony K-drama OTP. And our choices are My Demon, The Various Couples in Moving, My Dearest, Tell Me That You Love Me. The story of Park's marriage contract and King the Land. We don't have any from the beginning of the year, do we? I was trying to think of the um the one that was that Netflix special that was the the main character. The guy is was in the, one of the most popular movies of the year, but he's not as oh, well known. Oh, love to hate you. Yeah, they're not yeah. on there, but I, I thought they were super I, swoony. I thought they were too. I would totally yeah. put them on there. They are later on the list. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> um, I mean, if I add them to the list, then yeah, that I, I would actually say, yes, they were probably the most Swinny OTP for me this year, just because I love me a romance between mature adults as much as I love a romance among younger adults. And they were just a lot of fun together because they were learning to accept each other's past lives and their experiences and who they were like, they weren't trying to change for the other person. They were just learning how to be together. And I liked that a lot. So the runaway. Okay. So it's not runaway because it's probably between another one that I know everybody's going to talk about. And the one that only, I think Jen and I have, have finished <laughs> is the, my dearest couple. Now oh. I say finish, but I, I actually have like 40 minutes left of the last episode. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't fit it in yesterday. And I 
went out last night and today has just been a whirlwind of trying to get things ready to, to go to leave this afternoon. So I'll chalk it up to, I had to put it off until after the holidays. Cause I could not watch some of the sadness during that, but, Ugh. um, they are by far the swooniest, like, and just all the things that they go through and they, they do for each other and not just for each other, but just like for everybody else, like they are just amazing. And they still like, they're just like, this is what we have for now. And that's, uh, this is as good as it gets. And it doesn't matter that like, we don't get anything else or whatever. I don't know. It's just the way that they're like, just the moments that I spend with you is enough. Like, and, and I don't even care what the ending of the last 40 minutes, like it doesn't matter. And that's how good the couple is. It doesn't matter if they both die, which I don't think they do, but if they both die, I would still be like, it was the best. It was, they were the best. They were the most funny. <laughs> so that, that says a lot. Cause I don't always like when, when couples die, thus why most of the dramas on the Chinese list down below, I haven't finished, but <laughs> so that for me, I would have to say, if it's not the couple in moving, then it's the my dearest couple for me for th- for this year. For me, I put my demon on there because I binged ten episodes like a couple <laughs> of days ago, and I am so invested. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, the male lead, he doesn't have a lot of layers to his performances." You know, he definitely isn't maybe as experience to some of the others but the one thing he knows how to do is when he has that adoration devoted love visual going on he can do that yeah he is like (laughs) running away with that with the lead actress on my demon like episode 10 is like all the swoons and so i had to add it um it was it's they are very much a swoony couple. And this is me who was all like ready to like kind of dump it a week ago. But I was being <laughs> sick. And I'm all like, whatever. I'm on episode three. I'll like see what happens. And by episode seven, eight, once they really start becoming a couple, like I am in on it. Like for their couple journey, it's like, oh, they are really swoony. I added King to Land. I don't think any of us finished that, but I know a lot of our listeners loved it. And it's not that we hated it. I just think none of us were in the place where that was the story we wanted to watch, I think. I enjoy- I enjoyed it for mo- like for a while, but I mean, especially like when she was like blowing the crumbs off the table and he would just watch her do that. Yeah, They definitely <laughs> have a lot of great chemistry. I just feel they like do. the story wasn't there. Yeah. To the support story the chemistry. Of, it, right. There was a lot of like, you know, tourism PPL and just, you know, it wasn't <laughs> and, really, you know, working, but not through. working. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is so, kind of what I, a, the problem I have with park marriage contract right now too. So much of it's in the yeah. office and I'm like, they never work. Why are they <laughs> having these positions of power? They never work. Um, so true. I don't know. That's been the year that that has been like hitting negatively with me. <laughs> like the office romances where they obviously are not. They're just there for that their romance, be. not to work. Yeah, yeah, they should not be having positions in work. Um, <laughs> but for me, I really like Tell Me That You Love Me. I know I think I'm the only one watching it. 
uh, because it's currently on Disney Plus, but it hasn't come onto Hulu yet. So I've been using a VPN. Um, but oh, like the premise is that he is deaf, and she, they meet on Jeju Island, which is totally the most swoony place to meet someone. Let me tell you, because it always gives you that vibe. And then, um their journey of meeting up again together and she's learning sign language and just them falling in love but almost all of it is done via soft looks and so they have to be very expressioning because again he's not speaking so his whole falling in love is all about his expression and his longing and it just is like oh so swoony and so I think that's one of my swooniest K-drama couples of the year I I'm they're really working for me still has a few episodes to go but they're really working for me so is that your choice or is it yeah my that's demon? my choice tell okay. me that you love me is right. my swooniest but my demon so you very started close. with my demon so you kind of were cheating because you like <laughs> yeah. about, you know. well I'm just giving options <laughs> but, but barely tell me that you love me leads out over yeah and it's just because it's that whims or wistful just mature romance and it's all done through the expressions and it's like it's the lead guys the guy from padam padam i don't know if anyone else mm-hmm. other than jen remembers that uh, yeah oh, yep. i do i watched yeah him. but that he's was... he's one of those actors he's more of a movie actor he's definitely a movie star so he rarely does dramas but when he does like mm. they're pretty meaty so well, for me, um, so it is sort of like I had to kind of think because I do think I don't see us with a category for like the best drama of the year, um, which for me would probably be moving. But mm. um, I did love all of the couples in moving. But I really think if I I mean, if I have to pick the couple that just made my heart hurt, it was absolutely the my dearest couple. They were so incredible. And, you know, Drama Geek talked a lot about it, but just, you know, through all of the different phases of life, like just, oh my gosh, you could feel this love and and connection with one another. Um, And so Swoony, I would have to say it's for my dearest couple. All right. So most Swoony Chinese drama OTP. And for me, here's where I have to admit that the only one on the list that I finished this year is Starry Love. Last year, I finished a lot of Chinese dramas. This year, not as many. I I think Starry Love and maybe one or two other ones I finished. Anyway, so Starry Love, Till the End of the Moon, Journey to Love, Lost You Forever, and I've got in uh, quotation, specifically t- sexy white hair vampire demon guy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Swoony drama OTP. I, I didn't watch it enough to make, to verify whether he was the OTP or not. I don't think he was, but anyway, no, but and then okay. hidden, hidden love. So that's um, why for- I specified. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, for me, it's funny because it's I haven't finished it. It's on hold until I feel like I can emotionally watch the rest of it. So you would think it would be Starry Love, which I finished and I actually really liked their their romance. But I think the swoony one is Journey to Love. Mm-hmm. Um, that one they are. I just love. Well, it's it. 
it's partially because the female lead is just so bad donkey and awesome and then they they're fight they're fighting together like when they fight people well when they fight each other because i don't know that i've watched one where they fought each other quite the same way as like um what was that one we watched like five or something years ago where everybody watched it and they fought each other all the time? Oh, Fuyao. Legend of Fuyao. So Journey to Love, you, is it Journey to Love or Journey to Love? Yeah. Anyway. Journey to Love. Gotcha. So that one, they they fight each other for a while. And then once they realize that they shouldn't be fighting each other and then they fight other people together, it's Mm -hmm. just so swoony. It's just so swoony. (laughs) And then again, I'm in the like, honeymoon phase of the drama where I've left off because they've just admitted that they really love each other and they're you know being super sweet and like hugs and all that stuff and so I don't know later on with everything that they go through and everything like that but for me at least the beginning they're my most swoony Chinese drama couple this year I love Journey to Love they are super swoony I'm halfway through it. I still need to watch the other half. I kind of seen spoilers, so I know where it's going, but I'm okay with it. Um, but for me, till the end of the moon, oh, I love a toxic <laughs> drama and all the grand, stupid decisions people make when they're toxic. <laughs> and this one, there were so many swoony moments when they did these like extreme things where it's just all like, I love this person so much, I'm going to do this. And it's just like, ah. and so, yeah, <laughs> till the end of the moon is mine. I really love that. Uh, if it was like a couple that we were actually like communicating and like more <laughs> mature, maybe Starry Love. Starry Love had a good romance that was pretty swoony. And again, Journey to Love, again, lots of communication and lots of uh, really great romance. But till the end of the moon, oh, give me that toxic nut job couple every time and <laughs> and when they can get their moments right it's always swoony of course they screw it up later but when they hit that that beat of romance it's like oh i feel it oh goodness there's a lot of really great choices on this list um and i watched them all um and so certainly from starry love i actually liked the second couple i thought they were even swoonier than the you know so the um, the, the third underworld prince. couple, the third prince and his beautiful lady. Um, however, Journey to Love, I have finished this drama. And hands down, this is my Sunniest Chinese drama OTP. They are, they just get each other. And I love that. I mean, they understand one another. They, they just, they get it. And so, um, uh, I just, I mean, they go through a lot. So I just have to say, Journey to Love is my Sunni Chinese drama OTP of the year. They'll probably be on my list for next year. I'm nine episodes in and like holiday stress makes it so that I can only really watch fluff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But in nine episodes, I'm already in love with them. I want to yeah. finish the story. I just got to be in a better headspace to really appreciate it and not get mad at whatever happens at the end. So... I'm yeah. saving one, but like saving to savor it. Save so something my... fluffy to watch after. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some very intentional research there. <laughs> but um, my Swooniest Chinese Drama OTP is absolutely Hidden Love. I enjoyed the entire oh. story. In fact, I turned around and watched it 
all over again right after I finished it the first time because I love that great. couple yeah. so very much. I also loved them. They were great. I'm just really excited and happy that we had so many swoony couples this year that we got to mm. split them into two categories. Mm. Yes. And some were even left off. So, I mean, it was a great year for OTPs. For sure. Um, so the next category is best portrayal of a teenage character. We also had a really solid year for that as well. Uh, the options are moving. Twinkling Watermelon, Castaway Diva, and Crash Course in Romance. Um, did I leave any off? Because when I was writing this out, I was going to ask, but then things got chaotic. But I think those are definitely the ones that oh. I remember. The the parents in My Perfect Stranger, like all of the, oh, oh yes. they were teenagers okay. in My Perfect Stranger. Mm-hmm. Similar to Twinkling Watermelon, but yes. the all right, I My Perfect Stranger also added okay. so <laughs> the best portrayal of teenage characters this one is so hard so hard i i think i'm gonna say put castaway diva to the side because they were only in the first episode they were really good and mm-hmm. very solid um performances but it was very limited how long they were on screen crash course into romance i loved the story but again the teenage characters weren't the focus so again that one's on the side I think for me it's between my perfect stranger and moving surprisingly twinkling watermelon I loved but I think I didn't feel that it was quite as much a teenage drama just because the whole cast was teenagers so I didn't focus on them quite as much as teenagers at compared to the adults so moving in My Perfect Stranger. I know other people are going to pick moving. So I'm going with My Perfect Stranger. <laughs> Her parents were such great characters. There was such great character growth and movement within them and how the daughter related to them that it was just great. And I loved both of the actors that played the parents and I would happily watch them in anything else that they do. And I do hope that they get uh, better careers coming forward because I think they really stood out with their performances. So my perfect stranger. Hi. I'm going to choose moving. Um, I just felt like especially the art, I don't know, the whole, the whole teenage tech cast did an amazing job, but um, especially the, the two lead teenagers, um, they were just incredible. And I, I was just completely riveted, like the whole time. Um, they had this beautiful, sweet, um, like teenage romance that was just, um, just really well done. And it just felt really natural. So I'm choosing moving for my teenage character, best portrayal of a teenage character. Okay. That's a solid choice. And it's my number two, because like the boy who could fly, he mm. was so usually adorable. I loved him so much. But my number one choice is definitely Twinkling the Watermelon. And I'd have to say it's because of the actor who played Ichan just nailed the just energetic, like insanely energetic teenage boy who just through the very force of his personality could change the world. And then Rowoon was not Rowoon, 
Ryu. I don't know how to yeah. say it. The guy who played the son who try and traveled back. Yeah. Surprise, because I hadn't really seen him in much else. But he was after the first episode, he really warmed up and he did a phenomenal job. And then the actress who played the the mom who was deaf as a teenager, mm-hmm. she was so sweet and she had that lovely hidden strength that her character needed. And I just I loved them all. That was such a delightful drama to watch. So did you ever watch Rack Up Boys? If you haven't, you should go back and watch that because again, mm, yeah, he's really he really um it pulls that drama through. Like he's such a good actor. I I'm not sure if that was his first drama, but it's the first drama I remember him in. Mm. And he's just like a surprising ball of charisma in everything he does. So Yeah. <laughs> so I'm cheating. <laughs> because my pick would is it, it would have already been chosen moving. Um, and and I'm the fact that they carried the first several episodes and people were waiting for the bigger name actors and they were the ones that really pulled you in is is yeah really impressive. Mm-hmm. But and uh, I think K Muse and I are the only ones that watch this, but I just remembered um so the killing vote. Uh, their yeah. cast the the um teenage boy and then her the uh police officer's sister they actually carried a lot of some heavy storyline and they just did such a great job and both of them i think i can't remember where i've seen her but you i've seen him in quite a few things so those two i'm definitely like looking out for kind of where they go in the future but they were just so good because like the teenage boy he and he's he's a very integral part of the story and he just did such a great job so um i cheated but so <laughs> oh, i have to agree like if i had thought about that i would have added them uh, yeah i do love that they weren't so often in like crime dramas if there's teenagers or whatever they're just like side characters thrown in to move plot possibly right. or get in trouble yeah. so someone has to save them and Mm -hmm. that didn't feel like that at all they were really great characters had own character arcs that were separate from the adult character arcs it was really good oh my goodness okay the next category i'm so excited best (laughs) toxic drama um and I watched every single one of these um, as because that's what came use and I love the most. So the here are our choices, okay? Till the End of the Moon, The Glory, Perfect Marriage Revenge, My Perfect Stranger, and Love to Hate You. So I was totally sure what I would say for this until I saw Love to Hate You on the list because I'd totally forgotten about it and I loved it so much. Um, But as far as like true toxicity, we have to go with Till the End of the Moon. It's not just like the most toxic drama of this year. It's like the most toxic (laughs) drama of the last few years. Um, Not since like the bloody bug movie or bloody bug drama have I seen something quite this toxic. Well, and um, this one was good because the bloody oh, yes. bug drama sucked. It really so, did. So, yeah. yes, I agree. Um, therefore, so it, it's not even just like most toxic. It's best toxic drama. Therefore, I have to say 
he'll be end of the moon because anybody who is going to crawl into his dead spouse's uh, coffin and then burn the place down around them. And then of course, spend thousands of years going through the, um, the acid swamp or whatever it was to try to find her essence. I mean, that's just, that's storytelling right there. So um, <laughs> till the end of the moon is my choice. And what's okay, funny guys- is like, those aren't even the most toxic things they've done. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I'm just pulling out a few things. I mean, we, we really want to get toxic. Like they were just awful to each other throughout. But, um, but still, they were toxic and swoony. Crazy. Okay, you guys always talk about that coffin scene. <laughs> Every time you bring up till the end of the moon, it's always about that scene. It was a just great scene. It because... was epic. <laughs> Well, and again, he totally caused her death because he was like torturing her because he thought she betrayed him or something. So her cause of death. And then she was like bitter about it. And then like, she's like, I'm not going to get better. I'm going to just die. (laughs) Screw him over. It was like so wonderful. And And he turned her into a zombie. He learns about it at the end and he regrets it. And he's just like, I must die too now. There's no use with living on. There's no reason. Oh, it's it's delightful. It was right. really delightful. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> I can tell that's one that I'm going to have to be in the right mood, but I know I'll have two people to talk to about it. For sure. <laughs> that's one All I right. might even rewatch. Like I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Right. I'll let you all know if I ever push play. <laughs> I think I've watched the first episode. So, all right. So my choice out of this list is actually Perfect Marriage Revenge. Loved and it. it's because it's probably the least toxic or, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I was say, the couple really the isn't couple's toxic, not toxic at all. The family <laughs> relationship is toxic. Yeah. So it's a toxic yeah. drama because everyone has toxic relationships and they mm-hmm. even have toxic relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Just not the not OTP. Other. Okay. Yeah. Like the OTP is almost wholesome. And then you compare them to all the toxic people around them. And you're, you're like, you're almost literal angels compared to the people you're with. So, but yeah, I mean, that one, I was not expecting to get into Perfect Marriage Revenge because that's just not my kind of drama. But the more buzz I heard about it and, oh, bless YouTube and their algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> they the more clips I saw, I was just like, okay, I have to see. And I just finished it this last week and loved it, beginning to end, just because the couple was good and eventually like sure there were there were tense moments where maybe somebody, one of the toxic people would try to like ruin their life, but they were always able to turn it around. And even though it was not realistic, because this is just, you know, mock jong out the wazoo, it was wonderful to watch because the good guys still kept winning. And so I ended up really, really liking it. So I guess for toxic dramas, that that was definitely a Machne approved toxic drama. Well, and I think you like, so I'm kind of curious how my perfect stranger and love to hate you ended up on the toxic list. Cause I okay. don't like, <laughs> I have an explanation for this. Okay. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> I've put them on as toxic dramas because mm. the characters at the beginning have very messed up toxic emotional issues that they have to work through to become mm. healthier mm. and better people okay. to okay. be able to connect with 
the OTP as well as the people around them because both of them have kind of a toxic way of dealing with their trauma. And gotcha. so they they mature as they go on. But it does have a lot of toxic traits at the beginning. Gotcha. So that's why it's on there. It's not a toxic romance. I... <laughs> it's just toxic right. dramas that have okay. some some issues. Gotcha. So, you know, wanting this... to unalive yourself is pretty toxic. <laughs> right. Yes. No, that's the so my perfect stranger, because I think that if I'm looking at this list, um, I think my perfect stranger is probably and it's one that as the like we got to the end, we had to kind of remind ourselves of like, oh, yeah. And it was like we watched it all together. We really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would probably out of this list pick my per- perfect stranger as the uh, best toxic drama on there for me till the end of the moon of course is going to be my number one (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I want to give a shout out to glory because I was going to say absolutely and again not toxic romance just toxic drama because even at the end I was going to say it was toxic romance it had a really good toxic (laughs) romance too all of the characters were just messed up and yes i'm not sure there was a lot of growth there was some um <laughs> yeah got no. some closure right in some aspects of it but i'm not sure they became any less toxic because of the closure and so mm-hmm. it was just a wonderful ride of oh okay that happened to her she totally deserves all of the issues she has and oh that's what she's gonna gonna do with her life okay then go you you know um (laughs) and there's rumors that we're getting a season two so maybe Mm. it'll come back with them going after his demons which i would find very interesting uh it was really good and i thought it was very well done and very toxic so (laughs) yeah and i watched all these dramas and i loved them all i think i (sighs) i think i gave them all either a nine or a ten on all of these so I was I was a fan. <laughs> okay, Muse has her her genres. Speaking of the next one is Speaking totally of. yours. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is best serial killer or killer entity. <laughs> oh, you can tell K Muse wrote the outline, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it has to be a killer entity because technically oh, yeah. the first one on the list doesn't have a serial killer. Oh, but yeah. But it's a killer entity. Yes, (laughs) sure. All right. So the dramas on the list are Revenant, Behind Your Touch, Moving, Perfect Stranger, My Perfect Stranger, and The Killing Vote. And out of those, I've seen just the three: Behind Your Touch, Moving, and Perfect Stranger. Um, I will go with Behind Your Touch because that one was like. The mystery itself, the mystery of the serial killer was really taught and really well explored. And no pun intended, but they (laughs) did their best to get to the bottom of things. Um, (laughs) But I think the best part was just because they went through so many red herrings that didn't feel like red herrings because their logic led them to those suspects. And then when the actual serial killer was revealed and they went back and you kind of saw how it all tied in, it was just like, oh, I get it. And when that character did their shift from the character they'd been portraying to who they actually were as a serial killer, like, 
that was a really good shift. Like that actor did a really good job with that. So I'd have to say for me, that was probably the best serial killer of the year was in Behind Your Touch. So I'm glad I get to go second because oh. <laughs> <laughs> hands down a killer entity from Revenant. I mean, Kim Terry, she just won the award for that, um, whatever, uh, network that it's on, you know, how they all do the separate network, yeah. uh, awards, but mm -hmm. she just won a top award for her portrayal. And because she has to portray the girl and also the upset, you know, possessed character. And of course they help it out with some, uh, CGI hair flowing in the background, creepy, creepy, but it, it also is the, because I absolutely love a tense, um, drama where it's not all, it's not always like serial killer, serial killer. So like, I love a supernatural, uh, drama. It's one of my favorite things to watch. They don't do it very often in a way that I'm like, again, they, they tend, tend to, do to go a lot of serial killer. Yeah, yeah, they tend to go yeah it's not it as is. suspenseful and Revenant was so suspenseful and I just loved it from beginning to end. I thought that everybody's performance in it and though it didn't have a lot of uh, or much of romance at all, I still feel like it had it was rounded out with enough relationship stuff in it that it just, it was the whole package. It just had everything. And I loved it. So I loved the reveals on my perfect stranger and behind your touch. I felt that usually, you know, who this killer is right away, but both of these dramas kept you guessing uh, to the end. And so it was, it felt like a big twist. It wasn't that, oh, I knew it was him. Oh, he's the obvious one. And on both of them, I remember on our Discord, you know, all over the place, like discussing, oh, is it, could it be this person? Could it be that person? And it was just so much fun to watch every week and try to guess who is killing everyone, who's the bad guy, what are the good guys doing? And we got that a little with uh, Killing Vote as well. But definitely My Perfect Stranger and Behind Your Touch were those great twist moments. But I have to agree, Revenant is the best of the year. Brilliantly performed, brilliantly written. There were no gaping holes of plot. It was so tight. The performances were amazing. I love a show that can have so much... Um, tension without going gory or constantly doing jump scares and this show was just perfection i highly recommend for anyone go watch this show you might think it's not your style but it will suck you in it was so good and yeah there is not one performance and one creepy moment that was not perfectly done I am another vote for Revenant. I mean, I loved, again, just like all of you have said, actually all of the ones on this list, um, I did not see the killing vote, but I saw the others, loved loved them, loved the mystery. Revenant was so freaking scary. <laughs> and I know like, maybe not for like the average person, but I was traveling a lot and in hotels, they have freaking mirrors everywhere and I could oh my, I couldn't watch it because it was so scary. 
I had nightmares where I woke up and every time I would see shadows, <laughs> I had to make my husband stay downstairs so I could finish this drama. And didn't my daughter's friend knock on the door at 11 o'clock at night? And I said to my husband, don't open, don't get to, don't go to the door. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, we have to answer the door. And I'm like, no, don't. And he's like, it's Keisha. And I'm like, you don't know that. He's like, <laughs> so all I can say is it is so scary, but it is so good. Kim Terry in this was amazing. Um, I couldn't believe how good she was chilling but like like you said the it wasn't gory it wasn't there it wasn't even like jump scares it was just so like high tension um but it just was creative so- use of storytelling yes. and sound and yeah. so well done yeah so so well, done. so well done so absolutely um one of the best dramas of the year but definitely one of the best killer entity dramas of the year for sure of ever (laughs) yeah it was really good okay so for the next uh category we're doing best ensemble cast and the dramas that we've have listed are moving song of the bandits twinkling watermelon journey to love starry love and castaway diva and uh, it was such a strong year for ensemble casts which i think it has been for the last couple years it's been really good um but i'm get to pick first so I get to pick <laughs> Twinkling Watermelon because I think that was like every probably everybody's like mm-hmm. out of nowhere best ensemble cast just such a good show from every single one that was on um the drama and I couldn't imagine it like missing just even one character from like where the the um the grandma's uh, hotel or a boarding house that she ran, like even one of those characters not being in it, I don't feel like it would have felt the same. So when you've got that strong of a, like everybody was necessary and it was such a, a group acting effort where everybody just complimented each other. Um, probably one of the best ensemble casts of the last few years. Before we start, I want to also add glory onto this list. I think that ensemble cast mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. was spectacular just because we were talking about it earlier and I was thinking you know no one was miscast there was no one that felt unnecessary or that they weren't as important as anybody else in that cast so I think Glory also deserves to be on this list um for me I think I'm gonna go Song of the Bandits I think they did Mm. such a good job of giving every character a specific role and a point to why they're on screen beyond just, oh, he needs some people surrounding him that also can fight. I felt everyone was felt very definitively different. And sometimes that's hard when you're doing a group action movie where it's a group of people fighting mm-hmm. and it was just really well done. And I love that they gave everyone a different weapon that they were the best at which also was a lot of fun uh there was not a weapon that that show did not like to showcase and so yeah song of the bandits for me is it was spectacular um i loved actually all of these shows but um i'm gonna uh, once again say moving 
for the best ensemble cast. I just felt like it was such a group of high caliber actors. They did such a great job together. They played off of one another. Um, I did definitely love Song of the Bandits, Twinkling Watermelon, all the other ones on this list. But for me, Moving was one of my favorite dramas of the year. Um, and so I'm going to choose that as best ensemble cast. And these are all really good choices. And I'm kind of torn. Well, mostly I'm just torn because Drama Geek already took Twinkling Watermelon, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, You got Twinkling really... Watermelon for something else. I can't remember. Yeah, what it's was. true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, that drama deserves all the accolades. So mm-hmm. it deserves to be fought over. But Castaway Diva would probably be my choice out of this list, just because I haven't gotten far enough in Journey to Love. I can see where Journey to Love is going to come together and have a great ensemble. But for a Chinese drama, I'm not far enough in. But Castaway Diva, the found family with the brothers and just the way they took in Mocha, you know, after she was found. And everybody, even the evil dad, everybody just fits. And it's just... Yeah, the story would be less if even one of them was gone. So I think that would be my choice. Or I would cheat and throw in Tale of the Nine-Tailed 1938 again. Oh, that was a good (laughs) ensemble cast, too. Yes, it was. I'm surprised, but I second the Castaway Diva only because I kind of went back and forth throughout the drama. And I waited to watch the last two episodes until right before um, what was after Christmas and then before we were recording. And those last Mm -hmm. two episodes really highlight that it wasn't really a romance. It was Mm -hmm. a family drama. It was about healing from the past of things that can happen within a family unit that are horrific and finding the new family and it being like, so sorry, (laughs) I bald for the last two episodes and I know I'm hormonal right now so I know that's why (laughs) it was one of the best at just showing what it's like to heal from something like that and being able to just the family that you have that you've healed with and that you've moved on with like their love for each other was just so touching so I Mm -hmm. second that We're going to kind of change things up and do individual answers for these next couple of questions because it's it's very personal. Uh, Surprise drama that clicked for you. And for me, I have two. Uh, The first is Vigilante because I started the drama. I watched the first two episodes and I simulcast this. So I was going week by week and I watched the first two episodes and I'm like, I don't know. This one character is annoying and he's not smart enough he keeps getting sucked into these um into plots that are set up by other people i'm not sure i'm feeling this and then it got to the part where you have a psychopath bromance going on (laughs) i was a hundred percent in because it was so shocking and from it's eight episodes so from the episode one to episode eight after the first two episodes I didn't guess what was going to happen because you don't guess that he's going to actually build a relationship with the psychopath or (laughs) you keep thinking, oh, he's a cop. He's going to choose the right. Yeah, no, it's vigilante from start to end. And it's a very interesting and quick paced drama that I could not get enough of. 
it looks like they kind of want a season two. So I'm kind of hoping that might happen. I believe the lead is maybe going to the military. At least that was some rumors going around. So it might be a couple years, but I hope it happens because I had a lot of fun and it left it open to where there could be a season two and, you know, the psychopath bromance can rise again. <laughs> it was a it was a fun twist because usually you have the whole morality thing getting in the way. So, yeah, that one. And then also the story of Cooning Place. That was my binge that I watched uh, Christmas Eve and the day before Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's a specific date, but whatever it is, uh, I in 48 hours, I watched I want to say is 38 out of the 40 episodes. Like I binged that sucker. 48 hours. You watched 44 hours worth of drama. Is that what you just said? (laughs) Well, in my defense, the episodes were like 50 minutes, but Chinese dramas have a good six minutes worth of opening and ending credits. So that does take away once you cut those out. Cause it was just like, and click next. Skip Who intro. Needs sleep. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna sleep say, is like, really overrated. Oh, when it is great politicking, hours. you don't. <laughs> so, and I wrote a blog post about this, and there is a lot of people out there that feel the same way I did that were really mm-hmm. excited to get that palace politics, like where everyone's kind of a little bit gray, shady, because you cannot succeed in palace and be a perfectly good person. And so just that whole aspect, it was wonderful. You had to watch and see how they chose who to support, who not to support, who screwed up, who didn't screw up. And and everyone was very smart. And I love that smart politicking aspect. And it was delightful and something that I haven't seen in a couple of years because I think they've kind of been persona non grata and the Chinese government, any of the the palace intrigue kind of styles where it's just the court and the concubines and everyone plotting. And so I really loved it and highly recommend for those of you who well, enjoy I, that kind of thing. I downloaded I, it. I'm ready to go. I'm I know. Hey, drama it. Jen's going to love it. She's going to be just like so excited, but drama geek is not a her drama at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it's definitely a niche one, but I wanted to give a call out to it for anyone who wants that kind of drama. This one is good. And it doesn't end up sad. So that also, if for those <laughs> of you who avoid them like some people do, because they're all depressing and sad, this one has a good ending. So feel free to watch. <laughs> so I my the surprise drama that clicked for me... <laughs> Daily Dose of Sunshine, that is, it, it all dropped on Netflix at the same time. And I watched from beginning to end um, within a day or two. Um, I did not uh, watch 42 hours worth <laughs> in a day or two, but it's like nine episodes. It it really kind of just hit, it deals with um, mental illness and it the work through that and everything. And I just, there was a lot of very, um, vividly portrayed, uh, things of depression and suicide ideation and just that kind of stuff where it was like, it it was, it wasn't the fun, you know, 
cozy, like, oh, I just love this drama because it gave me the the feels, but it still gave me the feels. It was just different. It was just in a different way. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and, but we hadn't really expected to, but the other one that's not on my, I don't even know if it's on my favorites list and not everybody watched it, but it really surprised me was not others. And the mm. reason that that one surprised me or the reason I liked that one so much was the mother daughter relationship in that they don't portray a single mother daughter relationship quite the way that like, it was just so much fun and I enjoyed the characters and I enjoyed, uh, the relationship and the, the parents relationship was also kind of a surprise fun feel to it. So it's, I th- feel like it's one that's flown under the radar a lot. Um, but it's also a short, th- th- this was the year of shorter dramas. And that's why we're like, oh my gosh, I watched like 40 dramas this year <laughs> um, versus some of the other years. And we have so many, but it's because a lot of them were nine episodes or 12 episodes or whatever. And I think that one was 12 episodes, but Mm-hmm. Yep. It was 12, but it was, it, it, I really enjoyed it. And I didn't, it was, I don't even know why I started watching it. It just kind of was like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I really like it. So yeah, it surprised me. Yeah. I have to back you up on that one because I don't have it on my list either, but yeah, that was a surprise hit for me too. And it is, it's the mother daughter aspect that totally sells it and they carry it and it's strong through the entire drama. Mm-hmm. So for me, when we're talking about, I mean, the, the category is surprise dramas that clicked right dramas that you weren't expecting to click then for me it had to be behind your touch I Mm -hmm. even within the first few episodes I kept asking myself like why am I watching (laughs) this like am I am I really like she's because I nagged you (laughs) she's touching people's bottoms Mm -hmm. and it was very like kind of goofy and slapstick and yet it worked and I was so drawn into the mystery of the whole serial killer thing. And just, um, I still, the whole time, I was like, why Why am I liking this? Like, um, it really surprised me that I liked it as much as I did. So it wasn't like the best drama of the year, but it was certainly a, a lovely surprise and kind of, um, I think we called it a hidden gem because Again, I just wasn't expecting to like it that much. So that was um, behind your touch. That's one of those that you guys were like, you were talking about it a lot. And I was like, I don't know, because it's not my kind of humor. <laughs> but Well, usually it it's not my humor either, which is why it's so surprising. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I ended up, I ended up starting it very, very late and. I think I binged it and ended up really enjoying it. So that's Um, not my instance. Oh, and so my, the other one for me was, um, and I don't know how many of you watched it was nevertheless, it was Mm -hmm. a little bit um, more mature than some of the, had some more mature scenes than some of the dramas we normally watch. Um, And I happened to watch it on the plane. And so I did get some (laughs) odd looks from the people next to me, but um, it had uh, Song Kong, who right? That's his name. Who was in yeah. uh, my my demon and a bunch of other things. Um, and so um, it was a surprise for me because again, I ended up really liking it, and there was a character in it that showed up in uh, Song of Bandits, and I loved her in that. So um, so that was another one where I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but I actually did really like it. So. But that was also a 2021 drama. No way. Yeah, it It was. was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I watched it this year. So for me, it was a 2023. All right. Well, fine. Behind your touch was the, the 2023 that I'll discuss then. Okay. You definitely didn't cheat then. All right. So mine for this year was Oh No, Here Comes Trouble, which is a Taiwanese drama. And it was a supernatural mystery. Yes, sort of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Solving lots of mysteries. And yeah. yeah, I just, I don't normally watch Taiwanese dramas, so they're not on my radar. And, but this one, we, it was getting a lot of good buzz on our Discord. And so I just, I tried the first episode and just, I, we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but just the main lead and his cocky attitude. And I mean, I guess that could fall under best portrayal of a teenager too, because yeah. a lot of what he did was a lot of what my teenagers <laughs> do too. Yeah. So, but yeah, it just, it captivated me. And I love when these, cause it reminded me a little bit of the ghost bride, which is also Taiwanese. It's kind mm-hmm. of horror light. And there was a lot of mythology it was drawing on and it was just really well written. And the relationships were really touching between the people that he was trying to help and the ghosts that were, haunting them not haunting them but yeah haunting Mm -hmm. him yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it's just yeah that's one that I turned around and I rewatched that and then I made my daughter watch it with me so yeah the ones I really love I turn around and I watch them again and that one was definitely one of them it definitely ended up on my favorites list this year and and it it's also one I didn't say any say it but because you had it listed but it is one that I was very like it I had no idea it was coming. We watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, I really like it. And it was an earlier in the year drama and it stuck with me all the way through to the end. Cause I thought about it um, when I was thinking about, oh, I've got to mention certain dramas for the end of the year. And it was one that I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we need to make sure we mention that one. Cause it was really good. It was uh, so, so good. Okay. Cool. So the next category is surprise performance of the year from a lead. And so I'm going to talk about two. The first one, um, because I'm looking at your lists and I don't see that you have these. So the first one is actually um, Liu Shishi. She was in uh, Sound of the Desert way, way back, like in 2014 or something. And now she um, is the lead assassin in journey to love and Uh i was just Mm. so pleasantly surprised like first of all to see her back on my screen because i haven't seen her in a really long time um and she was just so amazing in this role so um i felt like that was just a really pleasant surprise to see her on my screen and then the other one i just want to mention is parkunbin um in castaway diva i wasn't i wouldn't say it was a surprise performance that she was so good in this role but what surprised me was that she sang her own like sang the songs Mm -hmm. um i did not know that she was a vocalist and that she had that capability and i was really blown away and it's actually she's on my like spotify list because i love her i love her voice i just really loved her performance so um, those were the surprise performances for me. One was like, "Oh well, welcome back," and then and and, me, and I mean, it's possible that um, this Ryushishi has been in other things, and I just haven't seen her. But for me, it was kind of like I haven't seen her in you know almost ten years. And then um, we have the you know the idea that Parkunbin, of course, she can sing because she could do everything. <laughs> those were my surprises. 
Um, I'm sure I have more than just this one, but um, I'm going to focus in on An Un Jin, and she is the female lead in My Dearest. And mm-hmm. she's done a pretty decent job before this. Like she was in Hospital Playlist. Um, she was, I didn't watch the good, bad mother. And I'm sure people who are listening to it is like, oh my gosh, none of you guys have mentioned the good, bad mother at all. Cause it's on a ton of lists as one of the best dramas, but it's just not one. I don't think any of us watched, but Mm-mm. she was in that one. And, um, again, she's been in other things, but by far, probably the best she's ever done that I've seen is in my dearest. She was able to pull off that immature, Um, girl who was spoiled and um, had this crush on a guy at the beginning and she was just cute and frivolous and just like her little smile and everything to like she was the reason that people survived being attacked by people Mm -hmm. from like from other countries and that they had to run and hide and I mean she helped birth a baby like she didn't birth the baby but like (laughs) make sure like the baby right when people like they were going to capture them and so she like she just was was fierce she was able Mm -hmm. to pull off fierce and then her ability to pull off how much she loved him and how much she was devoted to him but also chose thing you know chose paths that maybe weren't what he would want, like mm-hmm. that restraint. So fierce, but also restraint, but also still even toward like the later episodes where she every once in a while would wrinkle her nose mm-hmm. and you could see that sweet, naive, frivolous girl from forever ago, just by that tiny little like wrinkle of the nose. So like she's Ugh. gone on my like, I have to watch what she's in yeah. list because she's was just so good. So incredible. I, I second that a hundred percent. And also Nam Min as the male lead, he is hit and miss for me. And the, in this show, he was spot on. He was so yeah. good. So both of them. Amazing. And romance. He hasn't really done a lot of romance where he's pulled it off and he just yeah. nailed it. And it's just true. It. <laughs> if it wasn't a historical, I'd be right there with you. <laughs> but it's, you, it's, you, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. So it. good though. Even, <laughs> Even though it's a historical, it's so, so good. And it's so, you would love it because it has that, you know, feminist storytelling side of things. It does. It does. I thought I'd draw her into that. Yeah. You can try. That's fine. (laughs) All right. So for me, um, the surprise performance was uh, Yuto. I'm not quite sure how to say that, but the the male lead from Love to Hate You because I had never seen him in anything before and his performance like his comedic timing and his ability to be romantic and just all of that like it was the he was a complete package and just kind of walked in on onto that screen like he was an a-lister who'd been in a million dramas before and I hadn't seen any of them so that's why I was surprised and then apparently I haven't watched past lives but he starred in past lives the movie this year and it's, mm-hmm. it's on my list because of him I've also heard it's really, really good, but it's on my list because of him. So he was, he was my surprise of the year. And for me, I have two that really stood out just offhand um, beyond all the ones that I always talk about. So these ones are beyond what I usually talk about my favorite actors. And one was Song Haikyo from Glory. Mm -hmm. I know so many people love her as an actress 
I often have not been one of those people. I, you know, cause she does tend to be a little bit more stiff in her performance. It's just her acting style is not one that hits with me very often, but she just nailed this role. She was creepy and like everything that her style of acting, the director took it into creating this wonderful performance. And I thought she nailed it and could not be happier to watch her in the glory. And it makes me want to watch something else that she does. So, you know, that's how much I like it is. It makes me forget all the other dramas where I'm just like, eh, I wish it was a different female lead to being like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does next. And the other one, keep in mind, it's a performance. I don't like the character, but his performance of this was very good. Kim Bong Chul in Dr. Cha. He was the <laughs> cheating husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I'm not much into Dr. Dramas. And if it wasn't for his like over the top crazy performance, I'm not sure I would have stayed as engaged as I did from the beginning to the end if it was just her story not to say her story wasn't great and everything but he definitely kept me engaged to see what nutty thing he was going to do next and his performance and the expressions and the physical comedy were just so great and I would love to see him in more comedies because he was just funny so I he's also on my list of you know, a great performance from a lead. I still think about his line when he's talking to somebody and he's like, anytime someone has told me they were pregnant, I've turned to pale. <laughs> it's like, I'm <laughs> never excited. <laughs> so the surprise performance of the year from a side character or a second lead. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because I feel like there was so many like ensemble casts this year that I'm like thinking of most of the characters in the cast as like part of the main characters. And so I would like to um, abdicate my throne and have uh, somebody else (laughs) go first while I try to figure out who I want to pick. Well, I guess I'll go next then. (laughs) Um, The one I really want to say I see is on K-Muse's list, so I'm going to be quiet on that one and instead go back to Journey to Love and um, bring up Alan Feng, who um, he plays kind of the playboy friend. Mm. Um, So yes, it's sort of an ensemble cast, but I would say he's kind of like one of the second leads. There's actually, I mean, it is really ensemble, but he's so charismatic. He really is. And I, you know, we had a Chinese drama um, podcast that will be coming out, but I talked a little bit about this, but I tried to seek him out in other dramas, not with great luck as far as um, finding good dramas, but he's super charismatic in this particular one. And um, he was also the mermaid king slash um, like servant um, in The Longest Promise. So again, he really draws my eye. Um, I'm hoping he can make some good um, lead choices in the future. But um, he definitely kept like drawing my attention throughout Journey to Love because he's just such a fun character. Mm-hmm. And he did a great job with it. And he has like these amazing twirly movements every time he's fighting with his fan and all of his other things. So the sword. 
I agree with that one. I wasn't even thinking. Like, he is so charming. The whole time I was just like, where have I seen him before? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He's so charming. (laughs) I kind of want him to have that personality character in a different drama where I can watch him be the lead. Exactly. Because I want that flirty, you know, flirty, charismatic, cheeky aspect and watch him in something else. Agreed. But he can do more serious longing really well. He did that in The Longest Promise. So he definitely has a lot of range and I would love to see him again. And I'll just say even from nine episodes in, I was like, ooh, you're fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so for me, I have two. I don't know. If Jen can cheat, K-drama Jen can cheat, I can cheat every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't I didn't cheat this time. In fact, I deferred to K-Muse and said, I really want to say this one that's on her list, but I'm not going to. But yes, you can cheat. Um, You're allowed. Okay. <laughs> and it's not on anybody's list, either one of them, so I'm good. Actually, I do question. So my first choice is Kim Bum from Ninetales, but he was, I'm not sure he was a second lead because we pointed out that is kind of an ensemble cast. Yeah. He would have been on my list, but again, I, I that's where I'm having a hard time with all the lists because like, yeah, but his performance really stood out and I don't, we didn't mention him in lead performances to so mm-hmm. go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. and I feel well, like a lot of times if they were going to write out who the lead character is, it'd always be the other guy first. So he's not he going to be like, yeah. Oh, he's the lead everyone's watching because this is his drama you know right. it's kind of right even though it's murky <laughs> I, watched he did. For him. I mean yep i watched for him and for his brother because they were just they were both excellent and the bromance was just i'm not sure that that the chemistry would have been the same with any other actor but Yidong Wook and kim bum they just they did the brother things so so well and kim bum his character arc throughout the story and the way he grew and changed and I just I loved it like this 1938 was probably Mocknay Catnip it was definitely made for me I was just so glad to see that performance from him because we saw him I mean he was definitely a part of the original Tale of Nine Tales and but he didn't get the focus that he got here and I'm so glad that they gave him the focus because he lived up to it he was just he was spectacular and then my second choice is Victor Ma, who plays um, yes. the female brother in Hidden Love. And again, it's the sibling energy. I love sibling energy. And he brought that in spades. The way that he called her little demon from the very beginning. Yeah. And it's just that loving exasperation that, you know, you get when you have siblings. And the way he's he would tease her and yet still loved her and just. He was just, he was a good brother, like the best portrayal of a brother I've seen in a long time. So a best portrayal of a big brother, just to clarify, because Kim Bum was also an excellent brother. (laughs) I agree with that one for sure. Yes. I do have my pick. Do you guys want me to go now or I can still wait until after? Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I, I'm surprised I didn't think about him sooner, but um, Kim Yoon Woo and he plays Rang Um from my dearest oh my word he now he's not the one actually singing the song that he sings over and over <gasps> oh, i've actually yes. listened to him on oh the God. guy who does sing it he has um 
I think a YouTube where he's, he has the, his recordings on there and it's only a couple, but even without him being the one that sings it, like he has, it's kind of a disguise. Like it's cause it's, this airs on NBC. So it has to be like implied heavily implied, but there is definitely a, he loves the male lead, whether it's a brotherly love or uh, whatever kind of love you want <laughs> to, to, to qu- classify it as, but his acting when he's singing his acting, when he longs to be with, um, with the male lead. Cause again, they have a, he, he saved him. It's kind of that savior complex kind of thing where he saved mm-hmm. him when he was really young. And, but he, I would say he's one of those along with the, the, mo- the moving teenagers and a couple other people break out performances of the year, some of the watermelon cast, but he would kind of go in that category. He's younger. I don't know how old he is. He's not like super young, but he's 23. I just looked at it, but he just had, has such a, um, grounding to his performance and you you're annoyed with his character a lot throughout different times of what when things are going on but he just did such a good job with that character um so yeah he's he would probably mm. be my uh surprise performance of the year that and um since everybody else picked two but i'm gonna pick two from the same <laughs> drama the crown <laughs> prince the guy that plays the crown oh, prince yeah. he did a really amazing job and i was trying to find who that is on here but i'm not having a little bit of harder time um finding what the actor's name was for that but because he's farther down on the list but he does a really good job throughout and he's an important part of this story um and he but he's not like a really big focus but he he brings it when he's um has to be on the stage and everything so those two would definitely be surprise performance of the second lead or second character 100 percent agree with you i yeah i mean i was so moved by kim yun woo's portrayal of um rung what was mm-hmm. his name rung young rung can't remember it's been Sorry, too long since i, I watched yeah. it um, it's um e-u-m rung yes yeah. rung so moving and like you said even though he wasn't the singer although kai who did sing it not the mm-hmm. not exo kai yeah but, well, it, um, it's a it's a, a traditional singing yeah. type so it's not like you know like it, your average person is going to be able to it's a very stylized type singing and it which lends to it's a very it's similar to um the other drama that this writer did was the um rebel thief of the people there was a lot of that type of music in yeah. there and so he did he that's what they had on there yeah i 100% agree with this like that was a great choice because um and i think that it's important because my dearest i know you and i were the only ones that watched it but definitely one of my favorite dramas of the year so we need yeah. to give them all the accolades yeah and the ost is on my oh. spotify list because it's so you, so good even if you don't watch this carrie you've got to listen to the ost it's yeah. oh i've amazing. listened to it i've got it on okay. my spotify <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I the female the lead sings the song too. okay i was gonna say the female lead sings the song too and sometimes i like to listen to to the both of the versions just because hers makes you think of the character herself and that longing and that like, you know, missing her, the, mm. her, the love of her life and all that stuff. So I like listening to both. Mm. All right. For my picks, my first one, of course, is going <clears> to <throat> be the one that K-Drama Jen also wanted. And I 
sent clips to the Machne so that she they she would understand how awesome <laughs> this actress was. It's Lee Ho Jung from Song of the Bandits. This okay. is her first larger lead role. And I would have guessed that she was doing action movies for years. She was that good. Like mm-hmm. she held her own. I couldn't keep my eyes off of her whenever she was on screen. She played the assassin girl in the show. Uh, not in a romantic sense or whatever. She kind of gets this sisterly bestie um, vibes with Kim Nam Gil as the story goes on. But she was so dynamic. It's kind of like, how has she not been acting since birth? She is so good. I believe she's a model turned actress Mm -hmm. recently. She had a small uh, character in Moving, and then this is her first bigger role. She was also in Nevertheless that... uh, uh k-drama jen watched this year (laughs) um and she's phenomenal like mind-blowing phenomenal yes she really to me um kim nam gil was amazing but like as far as like my eyes were on her the whole time really i kind of thought of her more like the female lead because she was so so good yes uh, the other one that I picked was M. G. Yong from The Glory. She also was in The Killing Game this year and did a phenomenal job in that. And she was the evil bad guy girl, the bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was the older version of the bully that went and was willing to like just murder people and keep her lifestyle that she wants. Uh, she was so good, so evil. I remember um, Drama Geek commenting how the actress went on and said it mentally scarred her to have to be this evil and yes. to like yeah. play that yeah. kind of character. And and thankfully in The Killing Game, she played a, um, she was a cop that did like more uh, computer type crime stuff. And she was very good and very dynamic in that as well so she's definitely an actress that i want to watch in the future and she obviously can do a wide range of characters and really keep my attention so i definitely think she deserves a shout out just so viewers are not uh viewers listeners whatever aren't confused because there is death's game that's just come out and she was in the killing vote so i don't like that they're the, those are two different dramas i think uh, both on amazon prime killing but ga- you were saying killing right but you were saying killing game and i just so she's in the killing vote is what oh she killing vote. sorry yeah, yeah. no sorry. it's okay <laughs> i just all these dramas with such similar names so i just yes, don't want to send blur. them off looking at like for the wrong thing but so yeah that yes. one was on uh amazon amazon prime. prime and it was the killing vote yes all right and for our listeners we're going we have run out of time so We're not going to do the little game that we had planned here in this, but we will be putting it on our Patreon. So once again, if you want these extra little clips that sometimes are cut for time, go check out our Patreon and our game will be over there. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter or X, Facebook (laughs) or I mean, that's what it's called, right? Uh, uh-huh. Isn't it like X, formerly known formerly as Twitter, Twitter, is how yes. people have reacted? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can reach us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. 
We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 